Blog Talk Radio. In my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle Listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys of fall Hello everybody, welcome to the fifth quarter My name is Jennifer Johnson, I'm filling in for Coach Johnson tonight He's having to work, so... Uh, Filling in for Coach Johnson, I'm going to have Miss Wendy Sweeney join here in just a second. Me and her is going to be co-hosting the show tonight, so um, I think she's already on the line, so we'll go ahead and bring her on. Wendy? Hey, guys. Hope everybody's doing all right tonight and staying dry. We were just discussing with JC that's not very dry in East Tennessee this week, so I hope everybody's having a good evening, and we've got a Pretty good show lined up for you. We have lots of things going on this week with the Thunder and the USWFL and women's football in general. And I think, Jennifer, what we, we ought to start talking about, because um, we've been talking about it all week, is a scrimmage that we had with the Tri-Cities Thunder this week. We did a blue-gray scrimmage, and Coach Dave and Coach Mike um, split the team up. And I know, Jennifer, you had some things you wanted to say about it. And then I want to comment on a couple of things just as an outsider that you know doesn't really know a lot about football, about what I saw in that scrimmage and what it – meant to me for the team so so go ahead and share the points you wanted to share and then I'll jump back in well I just wanted to discuss you know what a great event it was for us we'd originally uh, supposed to have went over to Hampton Roads to the Lady Gators and had a jamboree over there and um, that got canceled on us so coach said hey I got something special for you ladies anyway you know we've already been looking forward to this so um, it actually told us last week who was going to be on team. So the build-up to the game this week uh, was pretty exciting. Uh, we got a little private chat, you know, I'm sure as most teams do, and a little back and forth and a little trash talk, fun play, you know, and it turned out to be a great event, man. It was it was a good game. Uh, the great team, which I was fortunate enough to be on, I have to say, uh, we won 4-3. to three, So um, it was it was really exciting. It was really good for our team. Uh, the gray got up. Uh, a couple scores up early, and uh, the way the blue team fought back, it just made me be a, proud to be a part of that. Uh, to see, you know, just because we jumped out to an early lead, they didn't hang their head, they didn't mope around whining and crying, they jumped right back in there, you know, started biting the bullet, went down and scored. Uh, they held us scoreless. Uh, then they got the ball first after halftime. Uh, we played four quarters. Four twenty-minute quarters running clock. So man, it was it was a fun, fun game. So the way to see them uh, battle back. Matter of fact, they had the ball uh, at the end of the fourth quarter. They had the ball, got the ball back with two minutes to go, and had two timeouts left. So um, the great defense made a stand to come out the the victor on that. But the way I just seen, you know, gray and blue talk a little smack all week. But when it came the end of the game, we all came together and was like, man. 
we are proud that we are on each other's team. Um, I know myself. Um, I showed Wendy. I showed you some pictures of my legs. I mean, uh, it was physical. Oh yeah, it was dang up. sure Beat physical. Up. Yes. So, um, so what was your thoughts on well, it? I know you stayed there and watched it most of the day. I did, I did, and so here are my thoughts on it. And and for anybody that's listening, you know, I'm I'm a football fan from the stands. You know, my my child played and watch it. I don't have a favorite team. I don't get all all you know besides the Thunder, of course. So I don't have a favorite team. But I I'll watch any college game that's on, any pro game that's on. You know, and I, and I pull for the players. And my kids fuss at me. We'll go to a local high school game, and I'm cheering for both teams. My kids will say, "Mom, you can't do that." And I'll say, "Listen, I'm not cheering for the teams. I'm cheering for these kids out here playing." And so I'm sitting there, and my daughter's filming it, and we're watching. And, and so what I want you guys to know they're listening is it was nasty. It was muddy. It was wet. It was cold. Just playing their hearts out for those four 20-minute quarters. But what I saw as an outsider is we had, an, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jennifer, we had two teams of eight. They were playing eight on eight, I think, that day. And people were playing positions they don't normally play out of necessity because you split the team up and you play things you don't normally play. And I thought about myself as a nurse, and I know how to take care of patients, but I don't know what dietary does. I don't know what housekeeping does. I don't know how they they keep that hospital going, you know, when when we're in that type of facility. And for me, when you go outside your normal position or you go outside your comfort zone, no matter who you are, construction worker, nurse, football player, two things happen. Number one, you appreciate your teammates because you see what they're doing out there on the field, and you think – you know, I'm a lineman or I'm a quarterback, and I don't know why she's dropping that ball. And I don't know why they can't get that ball down the field. But when you step into that position, you see face-to-face what they're up against every play. And you normally don't get to do that. So I think, number one, I saw people appreciating each other for the positions that they play that maybe they had never experienced before. The other thing I saw is that you become a better player. And I saw players, when they would switch from offense to defense, and we've been filming these ladies Every practice, you know, we've been out there filming these ladies. And I have, and I saw improvement just in that game because now running back knows what lineman was up against. And you see your own position from both sides of the ball. And it makes you a better player because now you know what's coming at you. You know what that position's first thought is because you did it one play ago when you were on defense or offense. Um, so I felt like it was phenomenal. And the thing that I would say is that, that moved me the most, you know, grade one, and everybody was, you know, talking trash and having a good time. And at the end of the game on our group chat, I don't know how many, but I saw several women comment, let's do that again next week. And that right. spoke to me because they saw it as a valuable learning tool. They saw it as a team-building tool, um, as a respect. Um, the coaches were, and I have to say, we had, you know, coaches on offense and defense, and they would – they were coaching every every lady on the team. It didn't matter if they were blue or they were gray. They were coaching every lady on the team. And for me to come out of that, and, and I'm not kidding y'all, I saw the pictures. These these girls are beat up, black and blue, hide missing off their legs and everything sliding around in that mud. Um, for them to come back and say, let's do that again, that's a valuable tool for the coaches. And so I, as an outsider, enjoyed watching that and seeing them discover what they're learning about each other and how to make themselves a better player from it. Well, you know, um, we go head-to-head not so much uh, in in, day, in weekly drills and at practice, you know, doing the basics, doing the fundamentals, the things like that. But to put it all together 
and it's like flipping that light switch, going from the dark to flipping it to seeing the light come on. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of my description of it. Um, you put the line out there together, working as a unit where you're working, you know, one-on-one drills in practice, showing them the fundamentals to all, well, we played eight-on-eight, eight, as we say, so we had three linemen. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you three going and working as a unit. You know, I've got her, you go block her, knowing who to block, how to block them, and putting all that work that you've been prepping for into action. You know, Ashley, the quarterback, she she kind of – she played for both teams. She was the only person that was a universal player. Uh, and I think it was good for her because she got to work with both sides – both teams, obviously, but, you know – Caitlin, of course, is probably the first uh, first first team receiver, but she got to also work a lot with ladies that not necessarily get all those reps. So to yeah. see all that come together, well, um, and you know, it to be into that being such a close game, I think that says a lot for our ladies. Oh, I do, and I think that's valuable for your quarterback, but for all your other players because, you know, there are going to be injuries or illnesses or things that happen and somebody doesn't miss a game. And what happens when X, Y, and Z can't show up to the game or can't run or they've got a hamstring injury or something? You know you have other players that at least in a scrimmage, and when I say scrimmage, these ladies were not holding back. They were tackling. I mean, we've got some hits on tape. And they even said, y'all need to send that to the play of the week at ESPN. I mean, some hard hits that they can take that and that they could take that position. And I think that's an asset for any player to be able to move around, to be able to move around, to be able to do anything, offense, defense. You've got to have that. On a team of iron women, when you've got 22 or less, every player has to be mobile. Um, And I think that proves that every player on this team is. Well, you know, I've, I've heard it said so many times, the pros and cons of playing on a small roster team is cons, a lot of ladies like to play one side of the ball uh, in other teams and other from other places that I've talked to and seen. Pros to me is you don't ever get to come off the field. <laughs> I love yeah, that yeah. <laughs> you know, I love just, you know, basically you, you're out there playing, I play the line, so you're out there playing the line, and then you just basically turn around, you know, at linebacker. So I love the aspect of never coming off the field, you know, but it is great to know that if, you know, you get a cramp or something happens that you've got somebody that knows what they're doing to stick in that position. So versatility in a small roster team is something that's very, very important. And, and I think we, mm-hmm. we strive on that here. So yeah, no doubt. Uh, so we'll move yeah. on from that. I know we've got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, one of the biggest things uh, of the announcements that we've had is our home field move, which happened just this week. Uh, I'm super excited about this, as I know all of our team that I've talked to seems to be. Um, we made the move from Tennessee High, which we've played all of our seasons since day one, uh, to Sullivan East High. Um, this move comes after Dave and I was he, – he's alumni there, I'm alumni there, Ashley, our quarterback's alumni there. You know, this is just a great opportunity that we're so excited for. Um, Andy Hare is the principal there, and I think Dave went to school with him um, or his brother's family. He's no, he knows all of them. You know, without him, this would not be possible. I just 
you know, the opportunity this presents for our team, the sky's the limit. I think it's going to help our uh, growth in our crowd, our support, our community support. I mean, the number of people that I've seen response um, just just to the message, the press release that we've done was just yesterday, I think. And yeah. I think our page has already grown by like 25 likes since this. To us, that's huge. You know, uh, to yeah. see the comments, can't wait to catch a game. And, you know, I think the first step of this making this happen is when their cheerleaders uh, went with us to Nashville the first time uh, to cheer at the game. So I think seeing the response of those ladies and gentlemen, uh, there's two guys that cheers, that wanted to be involved with us and support us was overwhelming. And I'm like, this just makes sense for us to go somewhere that we're wanted, that uh, is excited for us. They're just as excited for us to be there as we are to be there. And that's saying a lot because, I mean, we're ecstatic. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, what mattered to me about that move and, and you know, Jennifer and I went and, you know, talked to the principal and talked to the school and, and worked it out is, you know, this is our community. This is where we live. This is where our families live. You guys went to school there, our school, but, but our SR, right? So we, you know, we all live there. But this school has really started the thunder and offering practice fields. And, you know, we had, I think it was 18 cheerleaders, coaches, families, the principal and his family all came out of that game in Nashville. And, wow. y'all, it was pouring rain. It was nasty. Never complained. Happy to be there. Happy to be supporting a community team. And I'm just so excited for several reasons to be affiliated with this school. Um, we've got three home games, championships, playoff, all-star games. And for me, even if we weren't the Thunder, I feel like it's important to rally around your community resources, whether it's your politicians or your school or whatever. And I'm excited for us to be able to help this school because it's the community I live in. And I think it's going right. to increase their crowds to their events. It's going to increase our crowds to our events. And they're just good people, and that's what matters to me. You know, you want you want right. to be good to the people that support you, and I feel like we couldn't ask for a better group of people because they have been behind us 100%. Right, and, and that's great. You know, knowing that uh, we've worked so hard getting this team off the ground for, well, this is going to be our fifth season. So five seasons ago, you know, from taking that leap of faith out there to start this team to finally – it's just really, this is really the first year that I feel that I've seen us have the bigger growth. It started when we won the championship. That that got us some recognition. But our roots are spreading out. It's, it's, like, it's kind of like a tree with some big roots. Our roots are starting to grow mm-hmm. out into the community. We're starting to get people at the local restaurants, hey, how's the team? You know, when you go sit down to eat. Dave knows everybody in the area, <laughs> you know. So how's the team doing? You know, what are we looking like? So it's starting to get that root out of the system, out in the community where people are asking. People want to know, you know, are you winning? Are you going to be any good this year? You know, how's the team? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I feel like this year has been a major, major stepping stone for our organization. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So you made something that, that made a comment to me, and it's a little, a little note I jotted down, thinking about East High School, and you said, you know, we go into a restaurant, we do that. And 
so I came on board. I think David announced last week I came on board to do marketing and public relations. And so people have asked me, you know, what are you going to do? How are you going to how are you going to grow? And you know, Jennifer will tell you. You know, I sat down at the table with her and said, you know, I promise nothing. You know, I promise I'll work hard, but you know, who knows what this community will do? Right. But I think the key to it, and I was talking to a friend, it is community partnerships, like with East and like with these local barbecue restaurants and this and that. You know, as a kid. You, and, and you know, and, and you hear it, you know, these kids can't wait to grow up and move out of this area. You know, we live in a very rural area. There's lots of other things to do if you go on out to big cities and this and that. For me, I never wanted to go anywhere. You know, this is where I grew up. This is where my family is. And so when I go to these games and I go to these events and I'm supporting my community, they're going to support me back. And that's kind of my philosophy with women's football. How do we get people more interested in women's football? How do we get them to support it? You make it an ingrained part of your community. So we're out there at the fall festivals. We're doing the Christmas parade. We're on the local TV show. We're we're doing football camps for the girls and boys and younger grades that want to. And when you ingrain yourself in the community and you support your community, they're going to support women's football because now they're invested in it because their kids are invested in it. And so I love that people in the community are recognizing us and that they, you know, they go and see us. I went to CBS the other day. And uh, we were getting stuff to come out, umbrellas to come out and film in the pouring rain. And the lady asked us what we're doing. She's in piney class. She said, oh, I know that team. I've been following them, you know. And I think that it's it's just amazing. And it surprises me that, it, that we're on year four. But I think it's amazing that people now know this is something in their community they can be proud of and that they can be affiliated with and they can bring their family to watch. And it's, you know, good, clean fun and there's good sportsmanship. And, you know, it doesn't cost a fortune. And it's something that these kids can look up to and say, I want to do that when I get older. And that's what I love about what's going on in our area with this team right now. Right. Last year we done an event um, which was super, super beneficial to our crowd. And we plan on doing this again this year because we had such a great turnout. We done a youth night. And Mm -hmm. we said we don't care – where you're from in the area, what's your, if you're a youth, come, you can get in free. We we sent out emails to every church youth group, every organization at the Boys and Girls Club, Girl Scouts, I mean, you name it, Girls Inc., you name it. We sent out invites and told all of our players, if you, it don't matter if it's your neighbor's kid, bring them, they're free. Mm-hmm. We had such a good turnout. We had kids running everywhere. And, you know, I love it because, you know, if you get a kid, you're going to get a parent. Somewhere or a friend, somebody's got to bring them, and then they're going to go home and talk to it about their neighbor or their coworker or somebody. So we done that last year, and we had such a good turnout. I can't wait for it to happen again this year. It was one of my favorite, favorite nights. But uh, this year we got, uh, we know of, um, the Girl Scouts. That we, they've done been in contact with us about doing, we're, mm-hmm. we're setting up things to do a camp with them. Um, so we're going to do a night uh, where the Girl Scouts is going to going to come, and we're going to recognize them, etc. So uh, we just yeah. got a question here. Um, JC just got said she got this message. Question for them. As a fan of the team, do you think the move will put more fans in the stands? Personally, I absolutely think it will. Uh, for one, these parents of the cheerleaders, uh, their friends, their family, they've been talking to them. I mean, just the response in one day 
that we've seen on social media from our announcement has been pretty amazing, I think. Um, I, I, I sure hope it does. I mean, that's the ultimate goal here is to build a build an audience because um, the band from Sullivan East is going to open up a full-blown concession. We've never had that at a game, and, you know, everybody likes to go to a football game and have a hot dog. So they're going to benefit yeah. from that because one of our agreements, you know, is, is for them to have that, and we're perfectly fine with that. So I think that'll help our, you know, Everybody likes to go hang out on a Friday or Saturday night at a football game and have a hot dog and popcorn. I know we do. We do it all. Yeah. <laughs> all fall long. You know, every every football game we go to, yeah. you got to have a popcorn or a hot dog. It's just you got to do it. So <laughs> I definitely, well, and I, I think, definitely hope it does. Yeah, I think there, there's another aspect to that, Jennifer, and I think you're right. And I want to go back to the school for just a second. Um, were we moving anywhere else? I don't know that we could say this. But I can tell you for this school, and I have, my husband and I have talked about it. I've talked to other people in the community about it. I don't know of an administration that is more invested in their school than Sullivan East. I mean, the principals, the faculty, the guidance counselors, everybody there is invested in that school, and they want kids involved, and they want kids to feel like they're a part of that community. And everything that happens on that campus is to benefit the school and the children and the families in this community. And I don't see how this isn't going to fall right into that because they are so much about team building well, I mean, and community they, building. They became that invested in us. I mean, I know. To, yeah, right away. You know, right to away. make the accommodation that they have made for us already to make this move happen, it, it yeah. says everything to me. You know, they, yeah. they travel to Nashville to be in the stands at a game. You know, why will they not be in the stands? of where they work and where their families attend school and they live down the road from. I, I 110% believe that it'll put more fans in the stands. Yeah, me too. Jennifer, I want to go back to something you said. I hope that answers your question, fans, whoever sent that in. But I want to go back to something you yeah. said a minute ago when you were talking about the Girl Scouts coming and we were talking about kids getting involved in football. And you guys know women's football is still, you know, it's decade old or, or more and still people don't know about it. And so we're making this movie about the team, and we've been interviewing players, and we interviewed two players um, week before last, not the scrimmage week, but the week before last. And both those young ladies said when they were children, they weren't allowed to play. And one of them said, you know, her dad um, helped her train in her front yard, got a punching bag, and taught her how to tackle until she was old enough that the school would let her. The other one said she couldn't play at all. They wouldn't let her at all, but her brother could. So he would come home and teach her what he knew so that she could play. And I think these youth nights are so important because if we don't let young girls know this is for you, this is something you can do, something you can aspire to do, they may never know. They may never know. And even my own daughter, and you and I have talked about this, a couple of years ago my daughter wanted to play football. I said, no way. You're going to play football. You're not getting out there and letting those boys crush you. And shame on me for that. Shame on me. I should have let her. And she'll probably be on the team next year. So I feel like it's so important that we that we not only say to young girls you can do this, but show them they can do it well so and win good. national championships. And and I think that's the uh, that's the goal of the Girl Scout leader that I've been that me and her have been organizing or trying to get a date set in stone so we can move forward. They they're getting ready to be in peak cookie season, so that pretty that puts a nick in the plans for a little bit. But uh, that's her goal as a troop leader. You know, she says, mm-hmm. we show them everything 
from a feminine standpoint, not that football's not feminine, but what she's trying to say is, you know, we teach them about cooking. We teach them about, like, working in the community. We want to show them a different side of things. And, you know, yeah. I'm like, this is it then. This is what, you know, because when you hear football, you don't automatically think, oh, that's a girl's sport. You know, to me, when I hear softball, I automatically think that's a girl's sport. You know, yeah. now that's not saying men don't play or can't play, but that's just what I think. So yeah. fighting that stereotype with them, I think, is very important at that age. Uh, I think she said that it's it's like up through 12, 12 or 13 years old. So at that mm-hmm. age, you know, they're going to become, start really, a lot of kids start really becoming involved in athletics at that age, you know, in, in early age middle school and stuff like that. So I think it's very important for them to see, hey, there's more sports out here for me to play than just softball or basketball or whatever that may be. Yeah. And not so. even playing, you know, you and I were talking the other the other day about a woman's coach. And so maybe someone doesn't feel like they're athletic, but they're they're a good planner or they're a good trainer or they want to you want to do something physical. And and you know, not everybody's going to be a player. Obviously, I'm not going to be a player. I don't have the physicality to be a player. But to even say I could be a female coach. I could go coach at a college. I could coach an NFL team. I could be a trainer. I just think it opens up so many doors for young girls to things that they never right. thought possible. Right. Exactly. Yeah, just because you don't play don't mean that you can't be, you know, and and I tell some of these girls um, that inquire about the team, and maybe it's not for them, and when we discuss it, you know, I can tell right away if if this girl's going to put, you know, when I I sit down and have a meeting with them, I can tell you within 30 minutes of conversation if this girl's going to play or not. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. just, we've seen so many come and go, I've heard it all and I've seen it all. And I tell them all, I say, hey, not women's football is not for everyone, and that's okay. It doesn't have to be for you. But if you just come, check it out. If it's not for you, you don't have to play. You can be involved in so many other ways. We need somebody to serve water on the sidelines. We need somebody to sell tickets. We need somebody to, you know, for whatever, to pick up cones, pass out footballs, tape up ankles, whatever it may be, we have a variety of needs for you. So if you like it and it's not for you, there's plenty of ways you can still stay involved, you know. So yeah. I think I think for for these girls to see that at this age uh, is very important myself. So yeah. Me too. I'm super too. excited about the opportunity. No, I think it's outstanding, and I think that you're going to be surprised um, because obviously you've been in, in with the team from the get-go, and I've known you from the get-go, but haven't been directly involved. But I think you're going to be surprised at the groups that come out of the woodwork wanting information and participation, and we want our girls to be exposed to this. I, I think it's going to go much farther than just the, the Girl Scouts and, and the schools. I think you're going to be surprised. I sure hope so. You know, we Dave and I were just talking the other day. You know, there's always 10,000 things on the plate, but, you know, that's, that's, we knew that coming into this, and, and we're excited for it to be like that. I mean, it'd be boring otherwise. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I agree. But, uh, speaking of things on the plate, do you want to speak to uh, the games coming up in March absolutely. in Nashville, or dive are we ready in, to talk about that? It. Absolutely. All right, go ahead. I'm beyond ecstatic about that. March the 10th is our rematch officially. That date has been set for a little bit. We just finally have got everything sitting in, sit in stone. 
Um, the kickoff is going to be at 1 Central Standard Time. Um, again, that's March the 10th at 1 Central Standard Time. Um, that is free admission. Um, there's going to be a certain gate open. Um, we're going to post all that on our Facebook page, so be sure to follow us there. And um, you don't even have to have a ticket. You didn't have to. You do not have to have bought a ticket last time. They're just opening up the gate. Now they're not going to have concession open or anything like that. They're only going to open a certain gate, and there's going to be a certain parking lot that's going to be um, open for us. But just come and watch a good game. It's going to be us against the Knoxville Lightning rematch. Uh, last game got cut short, of course, for those that don't know, because of the rain. But uh, we're going to play a full game starting from scratch, and we are beyond excited. Well, and I think so this is a great opportunity, and I appreciate that they, you know, extended us that, that additional game at a later date. And I love free because there are people that that either – out of necessity or maybe they maybe they can't afford it or they don't do well in large crowds, lots of things going on that would not get to watch a game in an NFL stadium. And this is a great opportunity. Come to Nashville, the stadium, you know, it's not going to have 70,000 people, but that's okay. That's not for everybody. Right. Um, but to come right. in and, and to be in this amazing venue, to see what it's like to be on an NFL field and watch this game um, free of charge, I think is a phenomenal opportunity for anybody that's interested. And I suspect it's going to be a pretty good game because it was pretty good in the pouring rain. So. Right. Uh, now, just one thing to keep in mind, they will have somebody at the gate. We're still going, you know, like to abide by the clear bag policy, and that's just for everybody's safety. You know, um, that's an NFL policy, and anytime you use an NFL facility, you got to abide by that. So um, that's the same policy that was in effect last time. Uh, that's on their website, that little clear bag policy. I think most stadiums have went to that now for everything, but um, – we're still going to have to check our luggage in at a certain place, and they're going to have to make sure we don't have any weapons or anything illegal in it to go through processing. But um, I'm just super, super excited about this um, rematch. I know our time got cut short last time, but the opportunity just to go back and play on that field um, in that stadium is just a chance that I never thought I'd have for one. But Two, hopefully the weather will cooperate this time <laughs> to where we can get a good game in and it'll be a good competitive game to you know for our fans and good work for our teams. Yeah, yeah, and I think anytime you get the opportunity to play a different team in a different venue, you know, get you out of your comfort zone because not all not right. all turf is the same. Not all players have the same defense, have the same offense, and this is if I unless I'm mistaken, this is a team you guys don't normally play, correct? Right. That, they're in a different okay. league than us, so we normally aren't on their schedule unless we just um, arrange a game between us either before or after season or a date that we yeah. have a bye week, and usually that doesn't happen. Okay. So, so it's somebody that – I mean, you've played, you know, the um, Detroit Pride and the West Virginia Wildfire, and you kind of – of course, there's new players that come and go, but you kind of get a sense of what that team's feel is and how to how to defend against them, how to offense against them. And to be able to go up against somebody that you don't normally get to play really makes you keep on your toes because you're not used to, to their type of football. I mean, you're not used to how their, how their line works and things like that. So I feel like for nothing else, it's a great opportunity just to experience to a different team and how they play. Right. Well, you never know what kind of right off the bat, you know, especially if you go on defense first, because you never know what kind of offense they're going to come out and line up in. You haven't seen any film. 
you haven't had anything to prepare off from, you know, other than the very few plays that we ran against, you know, before the game got mm-hmm. canceled. But, uh, you know, you don't have any film to prepare. You don't have any um, – you haven't seen any even pictures of alignment. So you don't know, you know. So it's really you're just getting thrown out there and you, you've you got to be ready to adjust right then and on the fly. You know, you've got to be able to make decisions and adjustments really fast, you know, because the first few plays especially is really crucial – uh, communication-wise, so they don't drop a bomb over your head and score or, you know, something like that. But um, yeah, anytime that we get to work against somebody to to improve ourselves and to learn, uh, to challenge ourselves to get better, I think it's a great opportunity for our team. No, I agree. I agree. And I'm going to ask you something. You sparked a, a question in my head. So we're talking about practice. We're talking about playing against teams that you don't normally play against. For players that are interested in joining, whether it's our league or another league, no matter where you live, what is – and I know we say, you know, we just want somebody that can learn, somebody that's trainable, somebody that's passionate. But what do you, what have you found when new players come into the league or into the team, the, the main thing that they need to work on? You know, what are we doing to teach them how to be a part of that team? What can they come to the table with already that will help the team? Well, if they've never played before, is that your question, or just coming from a new yeah, environment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're coming to you, what? So if I think I'm not sure I'm made, I'm not sure I'm built for this. I'm not sure I'm able to do this. <laughs> when new players come, what are you finding that you're working on the most with them to get them ready to be on the team? They, they just the base. Here, here is the number one thing. I and this was me myself as as a, when I went to try out for football my very first time. I love football. I've watched football for a long time, and I thought that I knew the game of football until you go to play it. And then it's a whole nother ball game. There's so many fundamentals, little basic information that, I mean, I didn't know what a 32 dive was. Now, I knew that the running back took the ball. When I watched it on TV, I knew the running back took the ball and run it up the middle. I didn't know that was – or the fullback or whoever – but I didn't know that was a dive, called a dive play. You know, so mm-hmm. new players coming in, it's just learning the language. There's so much involved in making an offense work, making an offense quick, getting that repetition, knowing as soon as that play's called in your head what your assignment is, knowing your job, knowing what to do. So, as I said, I was a super fan of football. I watched it all the time. I knew what a wide receiver was. I knew what a running back was. I knew what a quarterback was. But I had no idea, you know, what a post route was. I had no idea, you know, if there's so many fundamentals in the game itself that these ladies have to learn, and they have to learn fast. I mean, our practice time is very limited, so you've got to take all this information Soak it up fast, know your assignment, learn your assignment, and do your assignment very fast. So the number one challenge is teaching them all that lingo. You know, we had a new girl just come um, on Saturday. And I told her, I said, are you ready for homework? She said, absolutely. You know, she says she's going to play. She seems like she's very interested. So I said, hey, are you ready for some homework? Because you're behind. I mean, we've got two practices left before we go March 10th to play a game. 
you know, and then two more practices after that till season kicks off. So you've got a her learning has got to be bam, bam, bam right now. So I said, are you up for homework? She said, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I've sent her all this information. I said, I know this probably seems like a lot. And can you show up practice early on Sunday so we can go over some of this? So I talked to her just today. She said, hey, I've got it all learned. So, you know, if she does, that's an exception to the rule because most of the time they don't learn it that fast. Um, it's just because it's something different. You know, when you take a yeah. guy coming into football at 30 years old, he's played football since peewee. Those fundamentals, those a lot of the schemes are the same. A lot of the offenses are the same. You know, it's just a change in some of the verbiage in the plays. But, I mean, there's so many, only so many routes that can be called So uh, to a receiver. There's only so many alignments that can be called as a defensive player. So when you're taking a female that comes in at 30 years old that's never played the game before other than watching it on TV, the challenge is so much more just because they they haven't even been around it from a playing standpoint. You know? Yeah. Yourself, time you be around this, time you be around us all season, even though you say you're not ready to play, you'll have picked up yourself on some verbiage. You'll pick up yourself on up on some alignments. I mean, you will find yourself just automatically learning these things just because you're there and, like, see what's going on. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. And actually, you know, it made me think of something. We were at practice the other day, and um, Coach Mike was talking to somebody, and you guys were running drills. I'm just gonna, I don't even know what the plays are called. I'm just going to throw something out there. So, like, J32. So, he, y'all are going to run a J32. And he asked one of the people, he's like, okay, what do you do on a J32? And they're like, okay, I'm going to run five yards and I'm going to cut left. Okay, what do you do on a J33? Okay, I'm going to run 10 yards and cut right. And he said, you know, it's something to the effect of you need to be able to do this in your sleep. You need to know every play right. and you need to be able to visualize it in your head. This is what I need to do every time. Because when you're out there on the field and your emotions are hyped and your mood's hyped and the crowd's yelling and your mama's watching you and, you know, you're down by <laughs> so many points and somebody calls a J32, you've got to be able to pull it out of, out of your mind. Okay, this is what I need to do. And there are right. pages of them, pages of them, depending on your position, right. depending on if you're offense, if you're defense, what are you going to do? And it, it really is so much more mental and cranial mm-hmm. than people think it is because you have to be able to know and process and learn and hear, and you guys are calling things that don't even make any sense to the rest of the world <laughs> and throwing in words that don't matter to try and throw the other team off and you got to know how to pick that information out and go where Ashley needs you to go or go where Coach needs you to go um, for just stacks and stacks of plays. So it's it's amazing to me how much, and, and I, I don't mean to belittle this at all, but I wasn't aware of how much intelligence was required. You know, I knew it was right. physical. I knew it was well, physical. Well, you know, you've got but there's so much more like to it 30 than that. Seconds. You've got like 30 seconds from the play clock to get to your huddle, to get the play, to get back to your alignment to run the play. At 30 seconds, yeah. that's a lot, you know, to process. Here's my assignment. Here's what I got to do. I got to do this. I got to go here. I got to block her. I got to run this route or whatever, you know. That's that's a lot. And for some of yeah. these girls that's never done it before, it's like, whoa, a deer in the headlock look. So, you know, yeah. especially somebody coming on this point in the season, I mean, I applaud mm-hmm. her for taking the challenge because she's, She's going to be thrown right in the middle of the fire. 
sort of say, uh, and her learning has got to be up by tenfold just to get caught up to where we are. So, you know, yeah. coming in, somebody new, that's, that's, that's what I see personally. Yeah. Well, and that's what I love, going back to a conversation we had a little while ago about these camps with these young girls and teaching them the fundamentals, and then they can follow and they can see, you know, whether their parents let them play or their school system lets them play, whatever. They're like, I know that. I know that play. I know that run. I know where they're going. I know what the quarterback's thinking because I see where this person's running, and I know where that ball's going to go. And just to start building those fundamentals early on, I mean, I'm thinking of football, women's football in a decade, if we can get these young girls trained through these Girl Scout camps and through the schools and things like that. Hopefully their school systems will let them play. Hopefully their parents won't be foolish like me and let their daughters play. And then when they get to you guys, they actually have some good basic knowledge. Knowledge. And I'm thinking right. of competitive teams in the next 10 years. If we've got girls coming up in the system, just, I mean, it would be, they'd be amazing players. Well, you know, we have no feeder system, it's called. You know, when yeah. you are in middle school, they play they play football. They play football at Pee Wee, then middle school, and then, you know, freshman, JV, varsity. You know, that's all a system. And once you get into that system, well, most of the times, unless you move various places, I know, like, our middle schools sort of run the same system as our high school. So when you get up to high school, you kind of have some of that system already down pat. You know, so we don't have a feeder system, sort of say, for female football. So yeah. that's that's everybody comes back once again. Everybody's coming in, learning everything on the fly. You've got to learn it super fast and keep the train moving. You know, so yeah. So here's my question for you, and I'm I'm observing your team, and I'm observing other teams. I started watching games that I normally wouldn't watch. So when you talk about the fact that we don't have a feeder system in women's football, and you and I know, and we've had this discussion, um, the attrition rate is high. It's very hard to retain players from year to year. And it's almost like minus a few core people, you're really creating a whole new team every year or two. What do we need to do to increase retention in women's football? What what do you think, what do you think is making ladies (laughs) leave? And what can we do to, to retain players? So we have good solid teams for years and years and years. Well, we had the answer to that. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> the the thing about it is, is women's football is more than just a pickup game of softball. A pickup game of softball, I haven't played softball in probably 15 years. And last summer, a girl called me begging me to come just to fill in. I said, I've still got my glove and bat in a closet. But I ain't even threw a softball in 10 years, much less played. I'd probably get up there and not even make contact, you know. But that's where pickup softball is. They're hunting anybody just to fill a team to come out and have a good time. Football's not like that. Could you imagine if somebody just randomly showed up or I just called, hey, if I just called Jane down the block, hey, we need a wide receiver this week. Can you come fill in? Jane ain't never played oh, yeah, football. The injuries you, know, you know what I'm be saying? Phenomenal. The so, injuries would be phenomenal. It takes so much investment time-wise um, for these girls to commit to playing the game. And I think a lot of these ladies just come, maybe sometimes some of them come with different expectations as as if it's just here to have a good time. Now, believe me, I want to have a good time, but losing is not a good time, so we want to win. And, you know, we're dedicated to it. We 
Dave and I, this is our, you know, we give up a lot to make this thing go around. So I'm not going to give up a lot financially and of my life to give up something to um, have acid, as they call, you know. So Mm -hmm. I'm here to play. I ain't got many years left, and I want some more rings before I call it quits, you know. So that's that's our goal and our focus here. Now, Now, if we allow ladies just to randomly show up, we'd have them running out our ears. I mean, yeah. that's that's why we are small rostered, because we hold these women accountable. Uh, not yeah. only we hold the, just these women, we hold everybody accountable. The coaches, they're held accountable. You know, all the players, myself, you know, I, probably in the since we started the team, I probably can count the number of practices I've missed on one hand, you know, because I hold myself accountable just like everybody else because I think you should be there. If you commit to this team, we need you, you know? Yeah. So retaining players is is difficult because of that. I will say, you know, two things. You know, first, you know, I certainly appreciate that people go through different seasons in their life. And what is doable and what works for me now may not be doable and work for me later. You know, as women, I feel like, and especially as mothers, we carry the burden of, you know, taking care of the family, taking care of the household, and all that. Right. We don't have phenomenal partners and dads and spouses and other people, you know, that are significant others in our life that are out there helping. But I know for me as a woman, no matter what's going on, no matter what obligations I have, you know, my family comes first. They just do. Right. And I think for women it's harder to, to feel like it's okay to walk away from that, you know, to give myself time to do right. something I enjoy. It's harder for so a I, woman I to have an that. extracurricular activity. It is. I really think it is. And this is a, and you're right, and, and I, you know, I will say first off, you know, coming into it this season, and, and I've been to a couple of your old games and this and that, but it is very time-consuming, and not just at practice. You have to stay conditioned off the field so you don't get hurt when you show up on the weekend. Right. So all of these ladies are, you know, in the gym or, or working out or, you know, I've seen Post online, you know, I follow these ladies on Facebook that they're with running drills with their spouse at home on Wednesday morning because that's the only time they had. Um, and it is right. a huge time commitment. Um, so I, I appreciate that. And you made some, a comment, and I don't know if anybody's ever realized this before, and I'm going to throw it out there because you said, you know, you want more, more rings before you retire. Um, but And I know for our league at least, I think if you will share, I believe the youngest age is 16, right? Right. you got to be 16 to play. And and what right. what are the what's the age span of ladies that are that are not just playing but playing pretty dang good and successful in our league? What's the what's the age span? Um, last year I don't know this year because we haven't got rosters in yet on the team. Um, mm-hmm. But it's usually in the the mid high forties. Um, yeah, I think last year was was some even in the fifties. You know, and I've seen older ladies older than that play, you know, and it's all a matter of, you know, what your body fills up to. But, uh, you know, mid-40s is easy. Mid-40s is easy. Yeah. Because a lot of these ladies has, I mean, myself, what I would have given to have learned and started playing this game at an early age. You know, I was in my 30s before I ever even played a game of tackle football. And, you know, NFL yeah. players – Players today at that caliber are done time they're that age. You know, a player that yeah, yeah. plays at my age is unheard of just about in the NFL, you know. So, you know, overall women's football, um, I, I think overall the age is high, a higher number just because, you know, so many ladies didn't find out about it till later in life, you know. So, 
Yeah, I and I think that's phenomenal as as for women because once you're done, you're done. <laughs> you're done, yeah. And I think that's phenomenal for women because I know for me, when you hear women's football, the assumption is these are you know girls right out of high school, college age, early twenties. They're certainly not you know mothers and grandmothers and people that work right. and have a career in this and that. And that's just not true. I mean, it's every facet of life, every age, every race, every socioeconomic background, um, just women coming together that just love the sport. And I don't think people realize that. And I think our team of cheerleaders and, and school people were surprised when they came out. And, you know, we've got people playing that have kids their age, you know, that the right. cheerleaders and stuff. And so I think it's important for people to know that are interested. Certainly you've got to be you know, as we age, especially as women, and I'm going to get a little medical here, but, you know, as we age and we lose that estrogen, our bones are at risk. Um, we're more at risk for injuries. We're slower to heal and things like that when we when we lose some of those hormones. So I think certainly you have to be cautious of what your body is able to do and build up to that. But for somebody that's, you know, 41, 42, 43, 44, it is completely feasible to walk out there and start playing. It just is. Right. And you ladies Absolutely. are doing it every yeah. day. Right. You know, you're talking about ladies having families and stuff. You know, a lot of late, our ladies do have families. You know, we got kids running around on the sidelines everywhere, and that's perfectly okay because we understand you have families, you know. So I think it's so much harder to retain ladies that, that have, you know, some of them are sole providers for their family. Some of them have kids that play sports or all the above, you know. So it's so much harder for a woman um, I know it's kind of a double standard because the men can fish or hunt or whatever they want to do, but uh, it's so much harder for a woman to have that extra curricular activity to take those four or five hours away from her family at practice. Plus, you know, uh, most of these ladies do work out anyway, regardless if they played football or not. But, uh, you know, to take those prime four or five hours, that's a lot, you know, to take away from your family when you don't have that time to give, you know, so I think that's part of one of the reasons too, you know, so to making that commitment, it, it can be difficult. Uh, we've lost some women to pregnancy, of course, you know, had babies and then they've not come back. So, you know, it's just a variety of things. If we had the answer to that, you know, we definitely would know how to fix it to get yeah, those yeah. players coming back. <laughs> Well, something so. I will say is, and, and you said, you know, with these kids on the sidelines, and if, if you know you are a mom and you're thinking about, you know, something you'd like, you've always left something you wanted to play, what a legacy to leave your kids to have them on the sidelines watching their mom play football or watching their mom chase her dream or stay physically active, you know, or, or, or be a part of a team. And, you know, I sat there watching your all scrimmage, and we had, you know, a bunch of kids on the sidelines. You know what those kids were doing? They were playing football. We had right. a little girl, I don't know how old she is, probably three or four years old. We had another girl, nine or ten, and three boys around, you know, six, seven, and ten or something like that, playing football and watching you ladies and coming back and running, you know, running, uh, passing and stuff like that. So if you're thinking, I can't do this because I can't take time away from my kids, what you should be thinking is, I need to do this and bring my kids so they can see what they're capable of when they become my age. Right. And they can see that it's okay to chase your dreams no matter what age, and it's okay to do things that are unconventional or that you're not expected to do. And not only am I going to do it, but I'm going to let them be a part of it. I think that's right. a much stronger lesson than I was here in the house all day. So, right, me personally. I'll, I'll second that. <laughs> <laughs> so. so what else have we got going on this week? 
Well, this week, um, I think we've got that business meeting tomorrow to check out um, how we can get more involved with local businesses. But yep, other than that, we've got practice on Sunday. But um, I just want to go over our schedule real briefly, and if you got anything yeah, else yeah. to talk about, we will. Um, okay. So March 30th, of course, is our kickoff to our season. We're going to be traveling to the Carolina Cardinals. They're a new team this season. Um, we don't know anything about them. So that's going to be one of those games. Uh, like we was just talking about going and playing Knoxville. We don't have any film on them. We won't have any film on them. We won't be able to see anything. Do we go out there in the line at kickoff to see what's going to happen? Well, we don't do kick. We took kickoffs off out of the game this year. But when we go out there and line up for the first play of the game, you know, that's when we're going to see what they are. They're, they kept everything kind of under wraps and hush-hush. And so we are going to just have to see what we get when we go line up on the field. So, there's an aspect of that that's kind of scary, and then there's an aspect of that that says, I better be ready to strap my helmet up and be prepared for anything. And then, you yeah. know, there's that's, that's the thrill of it, but then the scary part of it is, hey, I don't know what they're coming out here to throw at us, you know. So we're just excited to go see what's going to happen there. Detroit's another team that we play the next uh, April the 13th. We got the April the 6th that weekend off. We have one of our bigger fundraisers. Uh, that weekend is race weekend here in Bristol that helps support our traveling team. But um, 413, we go to Detroit. Uh, believe it or not, Detroit's been in the league for a little bit, but we have never played them. Um, I think they're going to be a challenge. I really do. I think they're going to be a challenge. They throw the ball around a lot. Uh, we'll see what we're made of. Um, I think they're returning a lot of core players they had from last year. Uh, I know they got a heck of a tight end. I don't know if she's coming back this year or not. Uh, she played tight end slot position. She had some unbelievable games last year as well as a quarterback. So we'll see. I think that's going to be a very – if I had to circle two games, because you know the Gators are going to bring their A game, but uh, Detroit and the, the Gators, I think those are the two games I'm going to circle on my calendar as being the most, now, I'm, I'm not taking or discrediting any of these other organizations anyway, but um, just from never playing Detroit and knowing how many they've scored and how they've scored in the past, I think it's going to be the, be a challenge. So uh, then we then we play, uh, we got our first home game, April 27th. West Virginia Wildfires coming to town. Uh, so we're really excited about that game uh, just simply because the last time we played them was in, was – the team that we beat to win a championship. So um, we're definitely not. And you know they're coming back ready to fight. that in any way, shape, or form. Pardon? I said, and you know they're coming back ready to fight. So Right. They're, they're going to want it. Say. We're, we're definitely know that they're coming with a challenge. Uh, I've talked to their coach some. They already have more players than we do, according to him. So um, we're, we're, we hope they're ready because we sure are. We're excited about the rematch. Um, and then we got a couple weeks off. The league has a bye, then we have our bye. Uh, and then 518, we travel to West Virginia. So we got them back to back. Just kind of how the scheduling worked out. Um, so who knows? Who knows what could happen? We play them, then got a couple weeks off to re prepare, um, correct anything where we may have messed up that week or whatever they've done. 
So we'll see we'll see what we're made of back to back weeks right there. And then five twenty five, we play Detroit here at home. Um, so we're definitely excited about that. That's gonna be I think it's gonna be an exciting game. Like I said, they like to throw the ball around. And um I think it I think we create a good good challenge for them, so we'll see. And then June the first, um uh, Fayetteville, we go to Fayetteville and play. They're always tough. They always have some very good athletes. They got that military base over there, so they carry a lot of good athletes. So I'm sure that'll be a tough game as well. And then June the 15th, uh, our last home game till maybe we're fortunate enough to host a playoff game. But June the 15th, the Gators are coming to town. Uh, we know they're going to bring their A game. They got number 14. Uh, she's a really good running back. Um as well as a defensive player. She's a really good defensive player, too. So we'll see. I mean, um, who knows what the, the cards will hold for the first game of the season, but it definitely should be an interesting season. I think all around uh, this year we have the most complete all-around team that we've had. We can keep everybody healthy and uh, on the right track, uh, keep moving forward in the right direction. I think we've got a really good competitive team this year. Uh Playoffs come June the 22nd, 29th. Hopefully, uh, we'll be hosting one of those. Uh, hopefully, it's the 29th because the, the 22nd, hope to get a bye, but we'll see what happens there. But June 22nd, 29th, and if we host those, we'll be hosting those at Sullivan East High School, our new home. And then July the 13th, the USWFL Championship uh, weekend. That will be at Sullivan East High School. We hope to be playing in that. <laughs> uh, definitely looking forward to that. It's going to be a great event uh, with, of course, the 14th to be in the All-Star game. So we definitely, those games, those All-Star games are always a blast. Uh, to play with other ladies that have the same desire and passion that you have to come together to play a game, they're always competitive. They're always just so much fun. Uh, so really looking forward to that. So uh, we're excited. Like I said, I think we've got two practices before March the 10th. A uh, game in Nashville, we got that game. And then I think we come back and we got two more practices before opening weekend kickoff. So we're we're definitely excited. Season's right around the corner. We've got the countdown on. Uh, Dave and I were just talking about it yesterday of how close, you know, some days it seems like it's forever away and you blink your eyes and then it's just like, oh, you've only got four more practices left. So, you know, when I hear four more practices, I think, oh, my gosh, we have so much to cover, you know. So <laughs> we're definitely excited, definitely excited. Yeah. So, yeah. I well, think our girls are ready. Well, I was going to say one thing I'll share, and, you know, I thought about it when you're talking about all these other teams that you're going to play. And, you know, Jennifer and I have talked about this, you know, as part of the – you know, marketing for the league, you know, we are only as successful as every one of our teams in the league. And for this to be a successful league, for this to be a successful sport, for it to grow and, and bring more players and more interest and things like that, we are in our own individual teams. And, yeah, we've got the Thunder and the Wildfire and the, and the Pride and things like that, but we're all in the same league. And so if you are listening and you have – and you're one of those teams and you have league news, 
please let us know. If something amazing is going on with one of your players or something's going on in your community that, you know, you're really getting support or you're really getting things, let us know so we can share it with everybody in the league on the show. Um, I think it's important for us to lift each other up as a, as a team mm-hmm. and as a league and that we um, support each other in our successes and we help each other in our failures. So if you're part of another team that's playing in the league or, or in another league and you know great stuff that's going on in women's football, please let us know. Reach out on J.C. Hawks Radio. You can comment on the page. You can comment on um, the USWFL's page. Um, but we are happy to share anything positive that's going on within women's football, whether it's whether it's our team or yours. I think that's so important. Um, and then the other thing is this league, and, and most of you know, most of you owners and most of you players know, it's very expensive for the ladies to do this. You know, some have very high fees, some have low fees, some do fundraisers. Others live in an area where they don't get a lot of fundraisers. So one of the things that we're looking at doing with the league and with this show is, you know, we ran this, um, which we thought was pretty good, you know, a nice little commercial for when we were playing at Nissan Stadium, and we've got the resources to do more of those. And then we would love to, if there are businesses that are supporting or that want to support this league, um, please let us know, and we are going to see what we can do to run some commercials on here for them um, so that we can get exposure to the people that are really supporting and helping women's football. So if that's something you're interested in, and I'm not a huge I hate commercials when they come on the TV, I mute them or I turn them off, but we certainly want to share and promote the businesses that are sharing an higher passion for, for women's football. So if you know somebody that's interested in that, again, please reach out um, to the league on our social media or email and things like that um, because we want this sport to grow. We want it to be a success. I want my daughter and my granddaughters to, to have a great um, women's athletic group to come to when they grow up, and that's only going to happen through support from everybody across the board. So that's everything I want to answer. Yeah. Well, you know, I've always heard the saying, you're all you're only as strong as your weakest link. Um, yeah. We don't want any weak links. You know, we want every game um, to be a battle. We want every game to be competitive, not just for our team, for every team. We want every game, every week to be competitive. We want it to be, you know, we, we don't want blowouts. We want to see yeah. – the Cardinals at Detroit be a competitive game. We want to see the Detroit's at West Virginia be a competitive game on down the line. We don't want weak leagues. We want to see good, competitive, hard-nosed football every single week. So, you know, I think that's so important to build each other up. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, everything's so secretively. You know, everybody is afraid to share anything because it's the next big secret or whatever. You know, that's so that's holding us back in women's football, I really feel like. It's like such and such team's afraid to share a photo of their team practice or something because somebody might see something. And I think that holds us back in really promoting the growth of the sport. You know, we're throwing pictures and stuff out there every week. You know, obviously you're not going to put your playbook out there, and that's not to be expected or anything like that, but any kind of league, NFL, the new AAFL or AAL or whatever the initials are, I, don't, I haven't got it right yet, but I don't think. But they put promo material out there. A sponsor or a fan wants to see the next big hit, the next great catch, your the, your linebacker making a tackle in the hole for a loss or sacking the quarterback or whatever, you know. All these leagues 
have promotional material that they put out there. And it's like, I know USWFL page is a little stale with Tri-City stuff because we can't, we need participation from everybody else to put that stuff out there to promote it. I mean, it's not just promoting Tri-City Thunder. The USWFL is about promoting Cardinals, Detroit, West Virginia, Fayetteville, Gators, Prodigy, DMV, Keystone. You know, it's about promoting everybody. It's about, you know, without each one of these teams, we, you know, that's what makes up the league. So I think that's a little thing that it's kind of a pet peeve of mine that everybody holds back on. It kind of drives me insane. But I guess I might be just rambling a little bit there. But um, I wish more teams would be a little more forthcoming with some pr- promo material, I guess I'm saying. And I'm not saying it has to be anything revealing because I understand it's a cat and mouse game and everybody usually plays everybody in this league. But, uh, you know, I just I think that's something that our our sponsors coming needs to see, our potential sponsors need to see. You know, people want to see that stuff. They want to know what's going on. They don't want to support something that they never know what's going on. They never know what's happening. They don't know if you got two players or if you got 50 players. You know, they they want to know what's happening. I mean, I, if I was putting my money out there on a product, I'd dang sure want to know you know, what it's being, like, what am I supporting here, I guess is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Well, and they're emotionally invested. And, you know, we have, and, and I don't know who I was talking to the other day, you know, we had this little uh, basketball player here um, last year, pretty phenomenal little basketball player in our area. And everybody knew about him. Everybody's watching, waiting to see where he's going to go to college, waiting to see what he's going to do. Came to the Arby's class. I think it was standing room only. They had people outside the doors that wanted to watch this this player. And I think if we do that as a league, so you're talking about this um, amazing running back or wide receiver at Detroit. If we've got videos or pictures or whatever talking about this lady's stats and here's what she's doing and we've got this quarterback that's throwing, you know, 60-yard bombs and this and that, when Detroit comes to town, they're going to want to see her. They're going to want to go see this right. thing, not just for us, but because of them. Same thing if we've got a phenomenal quarterback and we've got a phenomenal lineman that's just mowing people down and we go to West Virginia and everybody in West Virginia is following USWFL and they see the page, they're going to say, hey, that girl from Tennessee's coming. we got to go watch this kid play. Right, um, exactly. So I feel like it's it's going to promote your fan base in your area, but also in every other area in the league because people are going to want to know who you are, what you're doing, I've seen you, and I want to go watch you play. Right. I agree. So, well, what else have you got on the agenda for tonight, Wendy? Uh, you know, that's about it. I could talk all night long about stuff that's not necessarily football related. <laughs> but I feel I know, like, I thought, I feel like I, my thought was my thought was, well Dave 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 is missing a hearing a shack, so um he wanted us to do the show so he could at least tune in here us talk. Hear us <laughs> I think he gets to hear us talk a lot, but you know, I think well, the main takeaways from tonight were, you know, phenomenal teamwork with the blue gray scrimmage you know phenomenal teamwork phenomenal educational opportunity phenomenal community opportunities with Sullivan East High School and our new home field you know building these community partnerships building up the league so that we support each other and we promote each other um I just think a lot of things like you said this is the year you feel like this is the year and I feel those things coming together for the league well that's that's definitely our um our goals here is to make it a bigger and better every year. You know, um, obviously without these teams, we don't have a league. So 
We want to keep growing, producing good products on and off the field, you know. So before we get off here tonight, I want to review all of our social media for anybody that's listening um, to go follow us. Uh, for the league, USWFL.net uh, is our website. We just got all that totally redone. Uh, thanks to Logan Winning Designs. He done an awesome job on that. Um, come on as a sponsor of the league and personally of our team. So he does great work. If you're looking for somebody to build you a website or just uh, redo it, uh, just spice it up a little bit or whatever you may need, you know, he's very, very reasonable. Tell him we sent you. He does a great job, great work, and it looks phenomenal, I think. So uh, USWFL.net, go check that out. He just totally redone all that. Um, as well as TriCitySunder.com. Uh, he just redid all that. Uh, looks good. He just got all of our players up and added. Um, got all their bios pretty much up. I think in got our new home field. I think I got an email right before we came on to him. He's got all that completed with it. So he's really fast. He does great work. Go check him out. Logan Winning Designs. Um, Again, he's a sponsor of the team and of the league, so we're really proud to have him and excited. But uh, as far as the team goes, Tri-City Thunder 17 Champs is our Instagram page. If you'll go follow us there, we try to post um, at least every other day on there. We're Twitter at Football Thunder. At Football Thunder is our Twitter name. Uh, And then our Facebook page is Tri-City Thunder Women's Football. So go follow us there. That's we're we try to be active on all of them, but um, our Facebook page is probably the most active, just because I'm really familiar <laughs> with that, and I probably slack a little bit on the others. But page I'm really familiar with, and it's just I'm kind of default just because I do that one, just because it's easy. Sometimes you get a little lazy, but uh, we're getting ready to start doing some promo stuff. Uh, the USWFL is USWFL Football League. Go follow our Facebook page on there as well because we're getting ready to do, um, when season gets ready to kick off, we're going to give away some game tickets. We're going to do some promos. Uh, we got some more Titans gear to give away on Tri-City Thunder Women's Football Facebook page. So go follow all of our social media. Share it. Help us get the word out. Uh, you never know who's out there looking to play. And just by a simple share could say, hey, you know, we're interested in this. So go share all of our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, and we want to thank J.C. Hawk, Hawk Sport Network uh, for everything that she does and hosting this podcast. Um, Wendy, you got anything else before we close it out? I think that's it. I think I'm going to go get my raincoat and my waders and get ready for this week, and uh, hopefully we'll have a have a nice uh, practice this weekend. And um, certainly look forward to hearing from everybody in the league and, you know, having some information rolling in so that we can start, um, you know, supporting each other and, you know, getting this, this season off to a good good start. Right. I'm with you. Well, I appreciate you coming on here and helping me out tonight. Dave kind of threw this on us last minute, and I think we've done fairly well for the amount of time we had to prepare I feel like he owes us a steak dinner. I'm, I'm going to say that on online. I feel like Dave owes us a steak dinner. So. Hey, I'll second that because I'm all about a steak dinner. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, have a good but, week, uh, guys. I Thanks definitely for tuning appreciate in. it. All right. All right. Well, thanks. again, we want to thank you. 
Thanks, Wendy, for joining us. And we want to thank JC Oxford Network again. And uh, tune back in next Tuesday night to the fifth quarter. Coach Johnson will be back. And uh, I guess that's all we're signing off for now. Thank you.